Blog Talk Radio. Why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103. 
or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Welcome back to The Balance. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Time to kick things off. And joining us now is Mo from the BS Sports Show. Mo, how is you, sir? Good, Tom. How are you? Oh, I'm dragging, you know. <laughs> you ever wake up one of those days and you just like, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I, you know, my dogs wake me up early in the morning. And so, you know. But it's just like it's kind of like I'm dragging today. Have you been Have you been watching this uh, NASA SpaceX demo to mission launch? I, I I have to admit I'm a I, I'm a bit of a space nerd, and I love to watch these uh, these space launches. But it's the first time in a long time that we've seen a launch uh, from uh, with with actual people, I should say, uh, from the United States. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I came about halfway through the other day when they kept Atlanta. I uh, I quickly lost interest. Well, I tell you what, I have just been kind of glued to it. We we uh, are I think it's six hours and fifteen seconds away from uh, launch time, and uh, you know what? Wouldn't it be you know remember when when our parents uh, said there would never be a man on the moon, and they they got the chance to watch the the, the the launch and see the man on the moon. Wouldn't it be funny if the, if our generation, if our if if our kids heard us say there'll never be somebody on Mars, but there'll be somebody on Mars? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> at, at this point, it, it's hard to believe that that's going to happen with the the way that NASA is not only the space program is. You know, the fact that somebody else is pretty much funding this. Uh, is yeah. what's making it happen. So I, I doubt what the way the funding is for NASA right now. I don't think that I'll see it in my lifetime. 
Yeah, that, that, hence comes the corporate uh, uh, the corporate uh, uh, partnership uh, with uh, SpaceX that that NASA has, and and it, you know I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of space. If you ever get a chance, or if you've never been to the Smithsonian in this, uh, uh, Smithsonian Institute in Washington D.C., they have a magnificent ex- exhibit of Apollo 13. And uh, they got the the original control room and all of that in there. And so, um, I think it's supposed to be it, maybe maybe I, maybe I, I'm wrong on the time here because I don't really I don't have it up here right now. But I, I'm I, I thought it was supposed to happen at eleven, so maybe I'm a little bit wrong on my time. But either which way, I'm gonna as soon as the show's over, I'm gonna turn it on and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. But is what's what's more important? Uh, let's let's sending somebody uh, launching from America with people for the first time in a long time to the space station or baseball coming back. Come on, July Fourth is coming up here, and, and, and I don't know about you, but one of my July Fourth traditions is even if I don't go to an Indians game downtown in Indianapolis. I'm always watching baseball. I'm certainly listening to the Cardinals. I'm certainly, you know, in baseball mode. And, you know, they've got – Major League Baseball has to get this right. And and I know that the the players' unions are trying to do all the right things to help the little people in the league, which is fine, and I get it. But it's at some point, they got – and we've talked about this before, but what are your thoughts where we're at with the MLB? I think we're at a point where we won't see any baseball this year. It doesn't look like, you know, it's it's very reminiscent of uh, of 1994. The players' union and the owners can't uh, get even close on money, and I think at a time when so many people are out of work or are struggling to watch millionaires argue with billionaires over millions of dollars is turning people off. And whether they play or not at this point, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be the first sport back. I think that will hurt them. I think they'll lose more fan loyalty again this year because of this. And if they don't play, uh, I don't know that uh, as long as, you know, basketball and hockey are back and football getting ready to start, I I think people won't care as much. And baseball is doing itself a huge disservice again because they can't get out of their own way. And that's been baseball's problem now for 25 years. They can't, they can't seem to get out of their own way when it comes to getting things done right, and uh, I think they're going to screw this up again. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that Major League Baseball really realizes how stupid they look right now. I mean, owners, players, agents, teams. Uh, the, I, I think the public is totally fed up with all of them, and uh, they, need get, they need to get this deal worked out. And I get it. So here, here, here's the thing. I guess they're going to be paying the minor league baseball players, at least what we know publicly is the Reds and I think the Yankees. But I think that's probably going to be universal across the, the board, which even if we haven't seen a public statement from the team. They're going to be paying their minor league uh, players through the end of August and September, which is kind of coincides when the season would normally uh, end. Um but the, there's there's this whole thing of the 80 games or 100 games. I'll take 80 games. I'll take 75 games. I'll take 50 games. I'll take 100 games. I'll take 
right now, but I guess in in there has to be the there's there's this part of the the players union that says, hey, if we, if we miss certain amount in the games, you owe us X amount of money back. We're all, for all, on those on the higher end of the spectrum. We're already paying you a butt ton of money. Do you really think like a Mike Trout? Uh, and I'm, he's not come out publicly saying this. I'm just using him as an example because he's one of the highest paid uh, baseball players. Do uh, you really think that he's going to suffer a huge loss if if they go 80 games? You know, I mean, I see both sides of it. You know, I mean, I, I, know, I get to the players – have signed these contracts and they, they want their money and you can't play forever. So if you've got a big contract, you, you, you want to get paid. Uh, the Oakland A's, they stop paying their money. They get to starting tomorrow. And, uh, you know, and it's not a much, it's not a bunch. They were paying their money league players $400 a week for most of them. So um, it, it's, it's uh, you know, these guys are going to be, have some risk when they're, they're coming back to play. Uh, you know, they, uh, they're going to have to deal with, uh, you know, trying not to, to get sick. They don't, you, you can't trust what everybody on your team has, you know, does when they're not there with you. So I understand the risk and I understand when to get paid and, you know, baseball's put itself in, in this position with the, their guaranteed contracts and, you know, and the, uh, the amount of, of salaries they've allowed themselves to start to pay these guys. So I don't feel bad for anybody at this point. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm ready to see baseball if they don't get their act together. Uh, I think they could have hurt themselves worse than they did back uh, during the strike. This is uh, basically what this has become. They should already be back on the field by now playing with no fans. So the fact that hockey's got to figure it out better, that baseball's got to figure it out better, that football's got to figure it out better, and even the college sports have almost got to figure it out, and they are still at step one, it's just ridiculous and stupid. And, uh, you know, if this thing falls apart, uh, then they deserve everything they get at this point. No, I totally agree, and it's unfortunate because I'm a, as everybody knows that knows me, I'm a huge baseball fan. Yes, I'm a Cardinal fan, but I'm just I'm a huge baseball fan, and there there needs to be a drop dead date for a decision on the start of the season. But right now there is none. Uh, but in order to have an 82 game uh, season that begins in the first week in July, a spring training needs to begin by somewhere around June 10th. And and right now we don't we don't have that on the docket as of yet. And the uh, Florida has given the red carpet to all teams, not only baseball but all sports, to come and play. Of course, they're going to do this economically for the state. It works out good. You know what? If if they don't have fans, they don't have fans. But you know, I know I know teams want to play in their own stadium. But what's I mean, the NBA is going to Walt Disney World, and maybe I don't agree with that because hey, well, we're gonna go play in Disney, and you know, if you want to bring your family, that's fine. But they can't go into the park because the park is closed. But that's a, that's a whole whole other thing. Uh, but uh, they need to get this figured out. Yeah, and you know, it looks like they're they're not even close to uh, to get it figured out. And you know, I don't I don't think that we're going to see baseball this year. I really don't. And uh, and you know, that would be a shame. But hey, at, at this point, 
uh, I, I think that uh, that you know, like I said, they're they're going to drop even further, and and where people care about sports, uh, I think uh, you know, baseball is one of those uh, sports that can't afford a misstep like this, and uh, and I think they're they're stepping in a big time. You know, we aren't even to phase one of a plan for baseball to start again, and you know, we've got hockey getting ready to 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 get into their phase two already. So it's just it's asinine, it's stupid, and. Uh, you know, I, I think that we see no baseball this year. Well, what I what I've seen and what I've heard, I know you you, you care of the Cubs, and, and unfortunately, you're a Cubs fan. Uh, but right. <laughs> the Cubs are likely to hold their camp uh, at Wrigley Field, or at least at a local college, providing a secondary site for them. Uh, I guess presuming that the governor allows that to happen, and, and I think Mayor. Uh, uh, the mayor, uh, what's her name, uh, Lightfoot, uh, uh, will sign off on that. So, our team's just going to just start having their own spring training at their own, at their own at their own uh, stadiums. I don't know about the White Sox. I don't cover the White Sox, but nobody does, right? <laughs> right. If you want to know, if you want to know how fans how it's going to be baseball without fans, just watch uh, the White Sox. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but um, there might be something there. They they had talked about the White Sox and the Cubs having some some uh, uh, inner city games. What are your thoughts about that with the Cubs and what they're what they're thought and thinking about? I mean, at this point, should we have to have spring training? Though you know what I mean. We were we were uh, what a few weeks uh, a month in the spring training uh, at that point, you know, and and these guys should be working on their own. Why this hasn't been happening? You know, do we really need to have a month of spring training on top of this? Again, baseball just it can't get out of its own way to make things right. You know, it uh, uh, basketball training camps not that long, football training camps not this long, but baseball somehow they need two months to get uh, get ready to play baseball. I just I I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me, and 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 the decisions of baseball haven't made sense to me for many many years. You know, it uh, uh. We have to. Well, we haven't been playing now for a few months, and uh, you know we're in the middle of spring training. But gosh, we're going to need a couple months to get ready. Uh, you know, it's the same reason that Pete Rose is in the Hall of Fame. People make dumb decisions in baseball, and it, it will continue. You know, I just said uh, I, I still am baffled, and we'll see what happens this week. Maybe everything, maybe all of our questions will be answered this week. But I am still just baffled about what the holdup is. Assuming the sides are close on health and safety protocols, so keep that in mind. That's very, very important because if one member tests positive or is is has a temperature you want to be very very careful about opening up the entire clubhouse cuz you expose a lot of people in that act. not not just players but managers uh you know uh equipment people you open up a whole bunch of people when you so that 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 has to be a a, a priority but including, but but with the widespread testing and the financial matters, uh, it just seems like the financial matters seems to be the deciding factor. Uh, in I know MLB proposed a tiered system of salary cuts that penalizes the higher cut players more than the lesser paid players. So there has to be that balance. But why are we even having this issue? Because guess what? We'll get back. 
granted you don't have fans, granted you're not making money off of ticket sales, granted the MLB is going to take a huge financial cut. So is everybody else except for maybe the NFL. But come next year, we should have all of this behind us, at least we think. And, okay, well, maybe I'm not opposed to paying a little bit more for a ticket price next year. I just don't know what the yeah, hope is. Here. I, why can't we get, why can't I, I, we get a deal I, I'm together? opposed to that. I'm opposed to paying more for tickets at this point in baseball uh, because they're going to raise tickets because they, they screwed up and couldn't get back on the field the right way, you know. I'm just I'm 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 so over this and it, you know baseball can't evidently can't remember its history so it's going to be doomed to repeat itself because they really screwed themselves up uh, you know in '94 and it took a long time it took Sammy Sosa and Mike McGuire to get fans to start to come back and get excited again about baseball and it's been on a decline uh, you know fan interest wise again and uh, this should pretty much uh, you know, put the nail in the coffin and what are they going to do to get it back this time? You know, you don't have a Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire home run race to get it back. So what are they going to do to, uh, to, to get it back? You know, they, uh, humongous mess. And, you know, I talk to more and more people every day who are, who are struggling, who are out of work, who are tired of seeing these rich people argue with each other about money. So if they want to argue with each other about money and not play baseball this year, at this point, oh, well, like I, I, to the point to, you know, I, I watched the Tiger Woods uh, uh, Olympics and golfing last week and was stoked. And, you know, I'm not a huge golf fan, but I was really into it. This baseball could be owning sports right now, but they, instead they decided to step on their own Johnson and they can't get out of their own way. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if you can tell by my voice at this point. I'm over. I'm over it. I'm over <laughs> baseball. I just, I'm so irritated with baseball right now. I just, I, I can't stand it. Well, I'm going to tell you, you and I have our own little rivalry going on. And for you to say Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire as opposed to Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, yeah, you got to, you got to figure your words a little bit better. <laughs> Mark McGuire comes first, then Sammy Sosa. <laughs> you know, we always joke about the the Mark, a lot a lot of people may not remember that that big uh, home run derby uh, thing between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and people's like, well, Mark McGuire is a cheater. Well, well, so is Sammy Sosa. If we remember the famous tarring incident with uh, Sam, uh with, with Sammy Sosa, and isn't Mark McGuire now with the A's? I think, but is is a uh, I think Mark McGuire is with the A's. Is he with the A's as a pitching? I mean, as a batting coach, coach or something. He was with the Cardinals, but then he moved on. But I know he's still in the league. But I didn't know about uh, about about Sammy Sosa. But yeah, it's fun to remember those days. But you're you're so right. Going back to the strike days, when I mean, I I still talk to people that say, "Hey, I'm not a baseball fan." Well, how can you not be a baseball? Well, because of the strike. If I'm like, how many years ago was that? And and, and maybe people will be coming to the point where they weren't. I'm not gonna. I'm not a baseball fan because I, I just may, maybe baseball's just they call it America's favorite pastime for a reason. And and maybe the maybe we want baseball back so bad because that I think as you, as you mentioned, baseball could be the get on everything that's going on right now. But yeah, everybody was watching uh, Tom Brady and uh, uh, Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods and Phil Nicholson last week. 
And I watched a little bit of that, and I thought that was really exciting. It was kind of cool. Maybe we should what, what, they should uh, auction off uh, Tom Brady's pants. What do you think? I bet you oh, that would I mean, go I'm for sure. a butt ton of money. I'm sure it'd be a bunch of people that bought them. You know, and if I'm golf at this point, I'm taking a look at some of the things they did during this, where they had the guys mic'd up and some of the trash talking and stuff, and I'm incorporating that into uh, in the golf when that comes back because that was the first time I sat and was excited about golf. Granted, part of it had to do with the players, but just the way it was presented, it was presented more happy Gilmore. And I think it was exciting. I like that. Hearing the guys talk trash and hearing them talk through their shots. And, you know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, but baseball on the other hand, let's be honest, they haven't been America's pastime in a long time. Football overtook them many years ago. And, you know, the NBA, and the NBA popularity wise and ratings wise is the number two sport in America. So baseball fell from America's pastime to number three. Is it possible because they don't get their crap together that hockey passes them? At this point, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but it could happen. If hockey hockey is going to start back with just the playoffs, which that's the best part of hockey, uh, you know, to watch is when the playoffs start and it's, it, you know, a game seven in hockey is almost unrivaled when it comes to playoff watching sports, especially on television. So uh, if I can get back and, uh, and they can start with their playoffs and baseball doesn't play, there's a damn good chance that baseball could fall at number four behind hockey, which is something that nobody ever thought would happen. So, uh, I mean, I, I really think baseball's in trouble. Let's be honest. They've been in trouble, you know, um, fan-wise and fan-interest-wise for a while. People of this generation think the game's too slow. They, it doesn't keep their attention. Uh, so, I, I think baseball could be in serious jeopardy, and that's, that's sad to say. You know, I, I, I very rarely, so you might want to mark this on your calendar as it happened on this day in history. I very rarely give credit to the Cubs, but the Cubs, at least, I will give them credit. Their players, their organization are, are kind of like straddling the fence here, like, hey, we're willing to give a little bit, and they're the, at, least, at least their organization is kind of more outspoken in saying, hey, Let's give a little so that we could get a lot later on. And I'll give the Cubs credit for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if uh, at this point, if they don't play at all, I guess they lose a lot more money than the, the money they're bickering over right now. You know, and again, at the end of the day, this isn't going to break any of these billionaires. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, granted, they, they've lost money, but they're still going to get paid off their TV contracts. they got to get something on. You know, they got to get something on TV and get it on soon. Will they lose money at the ballpark? Sure. But will they lose more in the long run? Damn right they will. So it, it, they got to get it figured out. You know, it's been a, a while since I've been to a Cubs game, but one of my most favorite times, again, giving more credit to the Cubs than I would like to. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just talking smack about the Cubs. But, uh, I always like to try to go up to Chicago to see the Cubs and the Cardinals or down to Cincinnati to see the uh, Cardinals and the Reds. Uh, but one of my favorite memories of going to Wrigley Field is not in the field, but on the rooftops. Now I hear they put this big scoreboard up so that that can't happen. But what, maybe what are the thoughts about allowing fans to be up on the rooftops? Because that's such a popular destination, or at least it used to be. I mean, you might know more about it than I do these days, but it used to be, man, that was like the premier seat. You, you almost pay the same amount to get into Wrigley Field as you would to get onto one of those rooftops. That's an option, don't you think? 
Yeah, I mean, at least you know, for the, the Cubs. Uh, at least for the Cubs, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the the rooftops aren't uh, aren't owned by the Cubs, so I mean, I guess the building owners, people who do own those rooftops, could put fans up there if they wanted to, and I'm sure they will because you know there's a lot of revenue made for those rooftop uh, parties and and the rooftop seats. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think everything's an option at, at this point. You know, I think you know maybe. Uh, just getting it back on TV to get the television money at this point, you know, just getting something on, I think is, is, uh, you know, is where they're hurting. So, cause you know, you look last week at the golf match, it was pouring down rain and normally the golfers would have played in that, but mm-hmm. they weren't going to take that thing off TV. They were going to get every dime that they were owed, uh, from, uh, from TNT and TBS and Turner sports. So and that's sooner or later, baseball just got to realize, look, we just got to get something, a product out there. Again, who's ever first is going to be, you know, is going to be very, very popular, and going to be, people will be very, very thankful to have them on. So, this is one of those things where everybody's got a product, and you want to be the first one to market. And baseball could have been that, but they're—I don't think they're going to be at this point. I really think that hockey or basketball will be back first before them. Well, it's unfortunate because you think about the seasons that have been canceled. There's only been one since 1871 that's never had a had a full season. In 1994, though, we we, we talked about that was canceled after the players went on strike, and then the 1918 season, I believe, was was uh, shortened uh, by World War One. But the World Series was held uh, early in September. With uh, of course, remember Babe Ruth leading the Red Sox past the. The Cubs in six games. I keep going back to the Cubs on this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but in 1904, I think the the Giants and the National League refused to play the Boston, which was then, by the way, fun fact, the Boston Pilgrims uh, of the American League in the, in, the, in the World Series. They refused to to play that. So this is unprecedented time. So if there's no agreement, who who do we blame? Do we blame? Do we blame the players? Do we blame the uh, players' union? Do we blame everybody? Or do we just say it's just the eye of the beholder? Uh, we blame everybody because it, it takes everybody to have a mess like this. So, uh, you know, we, we blame everybody. But at this point, I don't think that the players care as much because, you know, they've got guaranteed contracts, and I'm sure there will be lawsuits filed if there is no pay and no play. Uh, you know, there's a collective bargaining agreement. So uh, I, I doubt that uh, there's language in there for a pandemic, but I'm sure at some point, and the probably be the final nail in the coffin, if there's not a season, and then we start seeing lawsuits against baseball and against the owners. That will probably be enough for everybody to say a, a big F you to baseball. So uh, I don't think baseball realizes what uh, slippery slope they're on at this point, because I think they still believe that they're America's pastime, but they haven't been for a long time. So uh, I think, some people who, who run baseball and some owners are delusional uh, at, at this point, and I, I think that uh, that they're going to not get out of their own way at all. And I, I really, I really honestly believe at this point there is going to be no baseball unless somebody gets their head out of their butts. Well, we're going to find out this week. They're supposed to meet this week. I, I think it's Wednesday, but I'm, I'm not totally sure on on the uh, date and time. But right now, the more guaranteed thing is we're going to have a, a SpaceX launch today more than we're going to have uh, baseball. You know, but we, we but we, let's uh, also let's talk a little bit about the NFL. And we're going. I know we're on on the clock here, so we'll have to make this quick. But I mean, 
The NFL seems to have it figured out. Ed's not going to be able to join us today, but the NFL seems to have everything figured out. Um, so is is the NFL coming coming back the the uh the sign of, of what we're looking for? Because I think a lot of people like hockey, but are we are we really ready to hand over the reins of our love of sports to hockey? If they're the first ones back and the only ones back at this point, I think people are really ready to give their loyalty to something. You know, as evidenced by the the ratings for the NFL draft and for the golf last week, I think people are just ready to give their loyalty to whoever's on to entertain them. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know, I, I hate leaving NASCAR out of it, but it's uh it's gotten to the point to where it's not a, a you know let's be honest to where NASCAR was ten or fifteen years ago to where it is now is completely different. Uh, but people are ready to for team sports. And I think they're ready to uh, to give their loyalty to whoever's out there playing for them at this point, just to get something that feels normal again. And, and granted, the way hockey and baseball will will you know finish their seasons won't be normal, but at least it will be something. And uh, and and that's what I'm saying. Baseball's got to figure it out because, I mean, this is the time of year that normally they own. And for the fact mm-hmm. that uh, you know, and, and, and you know, right now we're in one of the greatest sports times normally every year because we got hockey playoffs. We got NBA playoffs. We got baseball. Yeah, the Indy 500. You know, we should be living one of the greatest sports times of the year, and we're not. And uh, you know, I just I, I think it, it sucks. It really does, and it sucks that that instead of uh, you know figuring out a plan to get back open like the NFL is, and that uh, that hockey and basketball are, that baseball can't figure it out is just stupid. And, and let's be honest, if baseball's gonna have to compete once the NFL starts. There's no comparison anymore. There really isn't. People want their football, and uh, I think they would sacrifice baseball, in you know, in the public square if they had to to get football back. So, uh, you know, if baseball's trying to compete their season, their playoffs against the NFL, there, I, I it ain't going to work. Mo from the BS Sports Show has joined us. Mo, real quickly, uh, final word of the day, wrap it up, put a bow on it. Uh, I, I shared the tweet with you. Uh, I. Still haven't heard an official date and time, but there appears to be, wait for it, a Tyson Fury rematch. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you know, at this point, uh, I believe it has to be an exhibition in order for Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury to fight, which they seem like they've got it uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. And, you know, I I don't know. I saw Tyson, uh, he actually appeared on wrestling last week, and man, that dude is jacked and ready to go. Holy cow, he, <laughs> he is. Uh, and you know, and and Tyson Fury is more of a lumber type boss. Tyson looks quick. Uh, I think Tyson Fury could be in some trouble. Now Tyson Fury's got a little bit of height on him and stuff, but uh, you know, again, he he boxes a little slower pace, and you know, Tyson's just got to worry about being able to get through two rounds. I think that's all it's going to take for him to uh, take down Tyson Fury. But uh, you know, even boxing, boxing smart. They have a resurgence of this at this point. They figured something out. So, uh, you know, boxing could lay a knockout to baseball too, but I'm ready to see Mike Tyson. Oh, Bob, Bob. Did you need a drum roll on that? Was that was that planned? Did you, <laughs> did you rehearse that? <laughs> All right, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Uh, where can people find your work in masterpieces uh, in their quarantine world? Can well, we go back can to find the great me. archives of uh, Mo at radio or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you can find uh, 
You can find me betting the over today on the uh, SpaceX launch at Mo Radio Show on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. I'll be watching the SpaceX launch. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. All right. See you. See you. Mo for the BS Sports Show joins us. Talking about this the whole thing about baseball. I mean, there's something about July 4th and hot dogs and take me out to the ball game and peanuts and beer. We got to have it. We got to. It's a big symbol of bringing back uh, baseball. NASCAR's back. IndyCar will be back next week. And we're going to be talking with uh, Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, about that race uh, coming up right up next here on the Balance Radio Network. 9178516 The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. All right, and welcome back to the balance. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Thank you, Mo, from the BS Sports Show, joining us and talking with us just about this baseball. MLB has to come back. Joining us now, though, is Matthew Embry, WSVT, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, how are you, sir? All I could say is the players need to 
stop being, you know, spoiled brats here. As far as I'm concerned, if baseball doesn't get going, I'm blaming this all on the players because they do not need these super huge salaries. They need to, you know, grow up and get into what's best for the sport and the fans and not what's best for the individual. That's what got us into this mess. Fortunately, I think the action of the Max Serger says it all right now. These players are thinking of themselves and not what's best for the game of baseball. Well, you know, and here's the thing. We always are in, and I, I totally am in agreement with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but uh, the, the the problem that a lot of people think is what we think about. And, and again, I'm, I'm not picking on Mike Trout because Mike Trout isn't necessarily one of these outspoken people that says, hey, I'm just using him as an example because he's one of the highest paid players in the MLB. The, the, the thing is that the players' union that a lot of people don't know or think about, the players' union is uh, represents the entire players, and that includes minor leagues. Uh, so uh, basically minor league players are going to be paid through like August and September. So, so the problem that this happens with having the shorted season and a lot of this stuff they're having issues with, not so much because of the, the richer people in the league – getting paid is the the people that are getting the minimum league or less. And if you're in the minor leagues, I mean, a lot of people think, well, you, well, you're in the minors. You're, you're going to get to the, you're going to get to the big game. Maybe not. I mean, Indianapolis Indians is a perfect example. I love the Indians. I love going down there. I love the state. I know South Bend has their, their minor league team. The, 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 it's great to go to the ballpark. It's great to watch about they're not getting these big salaries. They're not getting this big money. I mean, if you're on the low end of the spectrum, you're only getting, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, which, you know, is it is okay. It's good money to make, especially to play the game that you love. But that's kind of where they're saying with with the players' union, the people that are going to suffer by us uh, uh, going with. The, the the agreement of the pay cuts and 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 that sort of stuff. So that's where that's at. So I don't know. I don't know. But that's exactly what. But yeah, you're right. They've got to figure this out. And I don't know that I blame. I, I mean, I guess as I just asked Mo, who is the blame here? Is it the players' union because they're trying to stick up? And I and believe me, I'm, I'm another topic for another day. I'm not a union guy. I I think unions are way. A problem more problematic than than anything, but that's neither here nor there. But what they're doing is they're trying to stick up for the little guy in this particular situation. At least that's what they're saying. Do you buy that? Do you buy that argument? Absolutely not. Uh, the, the NHL said this the same season when they can't time when they cancel the season, and when it happened, nothing changed. Uh, so they can say that all they want. They're just thinking of themselves, and I think uh, the one that I think he's going to get the most blame has got to be Mr. Sir is Max Scherzer at this point, since he's the leader of the union at this point. Well, we're, lots more to talk about that. I sure hope on the 4th of July, I'm going to be watching some live baseball. I hope I, it's a tradition of mine to, to either be downtown with the Indianapolis Indians and, or uh, watch my uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so, that's a big tradition of mine on July 4th. So hopefully that's able to come, but 
the good thing about it is NASCAR has been on uh, on track over the last week, and we're going to get ready to get into some IndyCar talk. Uh, but I think NASCAR, yeah, weird, no fans. Yeah, weird, social distancing. Yeah, a little bit weird-looking feel. But I kind of feel like that that they did it all right. And But, you know, I guess maybe going back to the baseball topic, people don't feel like sports are back because – well, not to discount NASCAR. I love NASCAR, but most a lot of Americans associate baseball with sports than they do NASCAR with sports. But I think NASCAR is, is did a fantastic job of of bringing their sport back. Well, so far so good right now. But uh, the way they keep trying to hustle more people into the situation makes me a little bit nervous. I hope I'm wrong on that, but. Uh, they're trying to bring the entire crew and all that in, and that's just going to encourage more fans to get in, and that puts everyone at risk again. So I think we're getting a little bit too hyped up about this, and uh, I think uh, that could be a big mistake because I think, unfortunately, some people still think that this is not real. Uh, this is all that stuff, and the numbers don't lie. I mean, there's a situation still that this is still looming out there, so we can't get right back to status quo fingers. I think that would be too much and to put everything in danger and put us back to square one. So I think you got to take it as it is and uh, keep going with it. But NASCAR is doing a decent job on it right now. They just uh, need to be careful and not go crazy like, say, the UFC did when they did face-to-face interviews without masks after the fights and bouts and all that stuff right from the word go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, got to take this seriously. And there's certainly, uh, you know, um, Clayton Anderson, country music singer from Indiana, uh, has had gotten the the coronavirus, and he thought everything was good. And he just all he did was go to a card game uh, with some buddies, and one of his buddies somehow had was one of those non systematic, didn't have the symptoms, uh, and he ended up getting it. Uh, and testing positive for it, um, so yeah, you, you got to be careful about letting your 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 guard down because, you know, they they they, they do say that there's a there's a new um, wave of it coming, a second wave, maybe not as bad, but there is a, a second wave of it coming. But IndyCars decided, hey, we're going to move forward. We saw some kind of oh man, make us nervous uh, uh, information from. IndyCar and the Indianapolis 500 that they've got an October date out there just in case because they don't want to run they don't want to run the Indianapolis 500 without fans so all oh, that was kind of hurtful to hear do you think that there's a real possibility that we'll be moving the Indy 500 back to October well if they're trying to run without fans they might as well cancel at this point because that is yeah, not going to happen absolutely can't be greedy with this situation. You just got to take it as it is. And I know that's hard for people to understand, but it's either we do it this way or we don't do it at all. And I'd say right now doing it this way is the best option we have right now instead of just throwing it up and just grabbing it and tossing it in the garbage can. Well, we know one thing, that there won't be fans next week in Texas for the uh, 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 Genesis uh, 300 in um 
Texas. But what are your thoughts about IndyCar getting back on the track? In Texas, is a good good track. It's fast. It's fast. It's fast. Well, I don't know if it's going to be too big of a thing without fans because usually the place seems like it was like three quarters to a half empty even when there were fans there. So I don't think it should be too uh, negative of a view based on that. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see how things go and uh, things are going to follow like what they did with the virtual race. I think it's going to be back to status quo and I think you'll see the big teams like Penske, Ganassi, and Andretti at the forefront of things and the other teams will struggle to be competitive. So when we get a fast track like that, do you think um, that the teams have to prepare? I guess what I'm asking is, do you think the team, the, the, the cars and stuff, do you think, how, how, do I, how do I word this? Do you think fans have an impact of the track condition? I don't think so. Uh, if anything, it just may encourage more aggressive driving and more risk driving like you would see in practice sessions, and I hope that I'm wrong on that. But uh, I just hope it doesn't give them the oversense of invincibility where they, someone gets way too aggressive and ruins the race. Well, let's talk about some of some of these other races that that might be on, on the docket. Let's look at the, the schedule going forward. Um, we, again, we talked about that they – put out the possibility they, they, they at least just put the date out there this week that there might be something open in October for the Indianapolis 500 so that they can have it with fans and you're right if they can't have it without fans then if, if they have it without fans they might as well just cancel it which would be devastating for so many people but let's look at some of these other races like the, the, the Grand Prix I know it's getting uh, the the Detroit race is, is getting some attention but the Grand Prix, so here's here of Indianapolis, I should say, the Grand Prix of Indianapolis, it's going to be run on Brickyard Weekend. Now, I was talking with Steve uh, Wilson, who will be on the show here in a, few, in a few minutes, but I was talking with him on the phone the other night, and he said right now there's, there's not going to be any fans. So if that happens, that's going to be a big blow to – I always thought that if if uh, the Grand Prix could run the race with with fans with NASCAR, that would be a, a huge thing. But it sounds like right now, based on our media credentials and this and that and the other, right now limited media are available, and it may not be without and maybe without fans. So where are we at with all of this with IndyCar? Let's, I mean. Again, I'd say until we're talking vaccine and stuff like that, I'd say the earliest we could be running fan races could be 2021. And I hate saying that, but again, uh, just to be safe side for everybody, I think that's the only sane way to do it right now is wait until 2021, go through the race you can get in for 2020, look at the situation for 2021, and then see what the situation is with this. Uh, situation with the issues with this uh, virus and if it does cool down then I think you can open the pot reopen the possibility of bringing fans back to the track but again I think it's just too early to even be thinking about that at this point because there's still a danger out there and for all these people I think there's 
a couple of people on race that keep saying it's a hoax. Well, it's not a hoax. Uh, I don't think uh, they make up a story of 102 people having died from this uh, issue that we're dealing with right now. I'll tell you what, it's crazy times. But uh, when I was talking to Steve uh, this this week earlier, I really and he was telling me, I was just like, hey, I've got my Florida Georgia Line tickets, uh, and don't mess with my Florida Georgia line. That's like my favorite band. And but if they're not going to have fans in the race, you know they're not going to, you know they're not going to have the concert. Uh, so I'm just hoping, I'm hoping and praying, Matt, that that we can get all can get all this on 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 track. What do you, you think we're going to get? You think we're going to be able to have fans at the IMS in in uh, July, July Fourth weekend? 30 days, it's still too tight. I, I highly doubt that, and I don't think it would change if it was August or October. I still think that the earliest possibility of getting spectators back in the stands is probably going to be in 2021. Wow. That's going to be – so what we were talking about this not with popular, but, again, safety first so we don't lose 2021 in this situation. Just because we don't have it for a few months – uh, doesn't mean we put the future at extreme risk by letting this linger and linger and linger to the point where we can't have fans in 2021 either. So you're saying maybe just have races without fans just to be on the safe side. So we can reopen that possibility because if we try to do it too soon, then, well, we cheat ourselves out of possibly next year and having the same situation and we're back to square one. So I don't see what the point is trying to hustle it in when the danger is still out there. And if it rekindles again, it reignites, then we have an even bigger problem where then 2021 is at risk. I mean, let's limit the damage as much as much as possible here so we can get back to full strength and be able to maintain at full strength uh, once we get back up and going. So IndyCar uh, released their updated schedule, and they've got uh, St. Pete happening on October 25th. If we have to start moving races back, especially if we talk about uh, the um, Indianapolis uh, 500 and all that back to October, there's going to be races that are going to get eliminated from the schedule. And maybe we want to look at Races like Portland, we've not been there in a while. It would have been great to go back there, but if you have to start making uh, sacrificial lambs, wouldn't that be one that you'd want to start with? With the hotbed that's there, I'd say that one's definitely off the list. Uh, speaking of NASCAR, I wouldn't be surprised considering New York City's still a mess right there, that Watkins Glen, possibly even Pocono is scratched from the list. Uh, you just have to be super careful with this. I mean, you just can't get greedy and, you know, because one slip up here, and like I said, we're back to square one, and then we look at an even more dire situation. So we just got to be cautious with this, and I know fans are going to send the hate mail onto me on Twitter for saying it, but you, we got to be careful with this and make sure that once we get back up and going, we are staying going, and uh, this isn't like a start and stop situation like with these rain events, like on ovals where it, starts it rains we get the track dry we run a little bit it rains again and that start and stop thing just frustrates people even worse so i'd say right now figure this out get everything back in shape and then get up and going so that we are going and we are going for good 
Well, we're certainly excited to see uh, see what happens. I'm really excited to see uh, the uh, uh, IndyCar back on the track in Texas next week. So the other lingering question: SpaceX. I'm a huge I'm a huge uh, space nerd, and I'm excited to see uh, for the first time to have uh, astronauts launch from American soil. Uh, to uh, the, the, the space that uh, was supposed to happen earlier this week. It's got moved back to this week. Are, are, you, uh, are you on this uh, uh, space launch? Uh, uh, I've heard that it's topic. a 50-50 for the day, too, based on weather reports. Yeah. Let's hope not. I think it's and unfortunately, well, having been in Florida during the summer months where rain is always a possibility, uh, again, it's probably going to be a coin flip whether or not they get to, to do it today or not, too. Well, right now I think it's scheduled for 11 a.m., uh, so that's just a little bit uh, more than an hour away from now. But, I mean, it's just going to be something awesome to watch. And, and you know, I'm an old man, but uh, I, I remember the, the watching the Challenger as a kid at school. We were watching it at school when it exploded. And so I've always just been a huge uh, uh, fan of space, but a lot of people don't agree with this, and it is what it is. But NASA has taken the perfect example of of a partnering with the the corporate world um, to make things happen, and so that's where the SpaceX uh, uh, comes at in with. But but SpaceX has had some very successful uh, launches, so. I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to see. Hopefully, it happens today. Uh, and I, there's two astronauts that are going to be um, on there. Um, uh, oh, uh, Robert Burglar and, and Douglas Hurley, I think, are, are their names, are going to be on there headed to the uh, space station. And you think about the space station, uh, how long that's been around. It's, it's it's kind of a marvelous to look at, and I was mentioning earlier to Mo, if you've never been to the Smithsonian Institute in Washington D.C., make that on your bucket list because they have the original uh, Houston setup uh, from the Apollo 13. They have the original Apollo 13 there, and the original uh, Houston um, uh, control center set up just like it was there. You were you're able to go through there. And see it just like it like it was there. So, pretty freaking cool stuff, man. Yeah, interesting stuff how that plays out with all that. But uh, yeah, uh, again, very curious to see how things go. At least the good news is looking ahead to Texas. The only driver now in question is Rhinus VK. Uh, Alex Palou has safely gotten into the U.S. Has been cleared. No issues as far as quarantine, so he'll be able to go for Dale Coin. The only question is, will uh, Rhinus VK uh, be cleared to run? Uh, and if he's not, uh, then you look at possibilities as far as who could replace him. And uh, I think the biggest names for ECR to consider, since Connor Daly is going to be in the Carlin car uh, for Texas, uh, they may even refer back to the guy that they released at the end of last year and Spencer Piggott as possibility, if not J.R. Hildebrand. But uh, if VK is a no-go, I would say the teammate for Carpenter for Texas may be one of those two American drivers. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll see, we'll see uh, what happens. So ha- have we had any word of any 
foreign drivers not be able to uh, get cleared to come into the United States for the race? VK is the only one. Palou did make it in earlier this week. He passed clearance, passed quarantine, so he will be ready to go. And then looking down for the road course events, obviously Max Chilton, since he commutes from England, he's going to be a question mark. And beyond that, uh, obviously for Indy, the other one would have to be Fernando Alonso. Would he be able to get in or not? That would be the other question mark. But uh, beyond that, I think the only question right now for Texas is uh, whether or not Ryan SBK will be cleared to run. Matthew Ambry, WSPT up at South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y. And, uh, yeah, it's getting interesting how things are going to play out, especially looking ahead to Texas. But uh, a one-day event there, and uh, unfortunately, I think for guys looking for a surprise, unfortunately, I'm going to be able to give it to you. I'd say Penske's the team to beat right now, and I'd say if you're looking for a winner for Texas, uh, I'm probably going to have to go with the chalk and say Joseph Newgarden uh, will open his tile defense with another victory to open uh, 2020. Well, we're going to find out next week, that's for sure. Thank you, Matthew. Have yourself a good weekend, and we'll talk with you soon. Be here for next week, Tom. Talk to you then. All right, buddy. See ya. Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, WSPT up in South Bend, uh, joins us uh, talking about the return of IndyCar to the track next week at uh, Texas for the Genesis 300. Uh, But coming up next... Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest, joins us, and we're going to be uh, breaking down the week in NASCAR and certainly of what's to come right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barber sharp quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. 
morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Ooh. All right, welcome back to the balance. Thank you to Mo for the BS Sports Show for kicking things off with us. Uh, and also, just in our last segment, uh, Matthew Embry from WSVT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, talking about the return of IndyCar to, to the track uh, next week. But joining us now is editor Chief Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, uh, Steve Wilson. How are you, sir? I'm making it along like everybody else is. Trying to plug along. You know, the, the, the topic of the day that we've been talking about, and I know you're a Nationals fan. I'm a Cardinals fan. Moe's a, a Cubs fan. Uh, Matt's a, a Cubs fan, which people have their faults, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the the Washington Nationals uh, are, is your team. What are your thoughts? MLB's got to get this worked out. I, I'm thinking – that, you know, July 4th is, is like one of my big baseball days of the year. I'm either downtown watching the Indianapolis Indians, which is the minor league team uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, or I'm watching the, the Cardinals and or both, uh, beer, hot dogs, and peanuts, all of that come, and fireworks, all of that comes together. It feels like if you don't have baseball on the 4th of July, it's, it's not American, just not American. What do you thought? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I've, you know, I always root against the unions in, in these situations because, I mean, you, you look at the money that some of these players are, are getting paid and many times they sit on the bench making that much money and, you know, nobody else, you know, is out there making that kind of money and then it gets directly reflected on ticket prices and concessions and, uh, you know, TV revenue, which makes your TV, you know, uh, package go up, and you know, it, it's just a snowball effect. And you know, I just think that they're just going to have to look at this thing and say, look, you know, <laughs> we're only going to get to play half the games or whatever it is. So you know, we're only going to pay you half the amount of money or, you know, whatever it is. I don't, I don't really think they, you know, it, they're going to have to make concessions like everybody else is, and. You know, I kind of, I kind of say that if they're not going to make the concessions, then baseball can just say, "Well, fine. You know, you can sit at home for the rest of the year and not get paid at all." So. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people. We were talking about this earlier with Mo. 1994 strike. You know, a lot of people still aren't a baseball fan because of of, of that, that that whole strike issue. I'm not a union guy either. I'm like you. I'm not, I'm like I typically it don't go on the side of the union, but. Buying their story, if what their story is true, it kind of makes sense that in this case, they're looking out for the little guy. What ha- is happening is the the pay cuts and stuff doesn't hurt. And again, I've used his example several times today, so it's not a, a direct reflection on him. It's just an example of a person who's one of the highest 
uh, paid uh, players, and that's Mike Trout with the A's. Um, he's obviously one of the highest paid players in the MLB, but, but you can insert name, use whatever name you want. Uh, may not be suffering that much, but the, the issue is uh, when you go into the minor leagues and you go into the, the, a lot of people that are just make, making the league minimum, again, more than what a lot of people make, uh, but it, it, they were talking about cutting it, cutting their pay like 50%. When you look at the minor leagues, that that, that puts their their salary, and you know they've got families and stuff too. A lot a lot of people think just because you get in the minor leagues, you're going to be playing uh, for the Pirates or for the Nationals or for wh- whatever team you play for. That's not always the case. You a lot of times you're providing for your family based on your salary on that, and if they cut that in half. Uh, based on where uh, the uh, minor league players are at, some of them are at $25,000 a year, and that's kind of low on the spectrum of, of what we would consider professional pay people. So maybe there's some food for thought, but at, at the end of the day, you, you, you know you're under contract and you know you're going get, to get paid the following year. So I don't think here's where my issue is. There's no need to cut anybody's contract because the MLB is going to lose money no matter what happens. Even if they bring everything back in the fan with no fans, they're going to lose money. But I just think coming back, it just, it just shows a lot. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'll tell you what NASCAR's come back. NASCAR start was the first to come back. People aren't giving them the credit, uh, but NASCAR is the first to come back. We had a week of racing. Uh, so what are your thoughts about last week as, as far as the comeback goes? Looked a little weird. Uh, looked a little alienish out there on the track. But once they were running the race, really couldn't tell much of a difference on the track, yeah. I should say, yeah, no, that way. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, it's weird in the retrospective watching these events play out with nobody in the fans. And, you know, they were talking to Herrick just the other night on – um, you know, his win at Darlington last week and how, you know, it, it, you know, drivers feed off the energy of the fans that are in the stands and just, you know, him winning the race and getting out the car and, you know, there really wasn't that energy there. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you're seeing that across all the drivers and the fact that, you know, it's playing out uh, in that, that way, but, you know, if that's the way we got to get this thing going, that's the way we got to get this thing going. And with NASCAR committing to run to a full season, you know, they can't continue to sit on their hands and wait until, you know, July or August or September or whenever this thing is, you know, finally under control to a point where they can put fans in the stands, even if it's on a limited basis. So um, I think for right now, this is the what we're going to have to work with. And, you know, there's, you know, it's just not the fans that are, you know, angry about not being able to be there. It's, you know, media people that, you know, don't get to go to the race. There's all kinds of conversation on that front as far as, as far as that. There's uh, crew members and people that would traditionally be at the race that, you know, have to sit at home and um, do work from home or from the shop or whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's, you know, everybody is, you know, kind of in the same boat, but at the same time, uh, you know, we do have racing back. So there's always that. Well, Brad Koloski won the Coca-Cola 600 in overtime, uh, kind of a big win for him and, and uh, fitting that he was in the, 
uh, red, white, and blue car uh, of the day. What are your thoughts on the Coca-Cola 600? A recap on that. And obviously with BK, had it his way, uh, you know, on, in the Coca-Cola 600. Well, let me just say this at the beginning is that every year we go through the same the same group group of whining people that say that the Coca-Cola 600 is too long and we need to get rid of the Coca-Cola 600. And, you know, Denny Hamlin has, you know, been part of that group, but he's complained about the length of the race. And um, I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to not only disagree with him, but other people that, you know, within the media and fans that say that, we need to get rid of the Coca-Cola 600. Um, it's a crown jewel event. You might as well, if you're going to get rid of the Coca-Cola 600, then we need to start getting rid of every 500-mile race out there. The Daytona 500, the Southern 500, uh, Texas, two races at Texas that are 500 miles, and the uh, Talladega, and the list goes on and on and on. So, you know, if, if you're going to complain about the Coca-Cola 600 because it's 100 miles longer than than other races out there, then you need to be complaining about all the 500-mile races out there that take almost four hours to run. So, you know, I think that their anger is misplaced in the fact that they are running a race that takes 45, 50 minutes longer than some of these other events. And, um, you know, it's 100 miles longer. So I, I just don't see it. I just don't see their their thinking into getting rid of the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, I think it has a place in the sport that – you know, there are three crown jewels in this sport, and, you know, for somebody to go out there and compete and uh, win uh, in any of the three of those crown jewels really does still mean something. And um, maybe there's a small group of people that want to whine about it, but, you know, I just think that they just need to look at the overall picture and just not, you know, focus their attention on just one event. I think they, if they're going to complain, they need to complain about all the events as a whole and just not single their anger out on one event just because it's 100 miles longer and takes 45, 50 minutes longer to run than some other events like Daytona 500 and Southern 500. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, But I have to admit, old men like me have a hard time staying awake when they run these night races. That's my only complaint, you know. Or maybe it's the beer that that that, that keeps me from staying awake. I'm just kidding. Uh, but but Brad Kolaski also, though, uh, another good thing happened with him this week. He got the draw for the start at Bristol. That's the next race we got on the docket. What are your thoughts? Um, well, you know, the, uh, Brad uh, – yeah, going out there winning winning the uh, Coca-Cola 600 is is a is a is an accomplishment all in itself. You know, Ford hasn't won that event since the early 2000s. I mean, they went about about 14, 16 years or something like that in between their last win when Mark Martin did it for Roush Racing. So, um, you know, I I, I think you know these. Charlotte has been a track that has been traditionally run by Chevrolet over the last couple of years, and we saw that a lot with Jimmy Johnson and other drivers in the Chevrolet camp, and uh, even 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 Chase Elliott was uh, strong uh, in the uh, in the Coke 600. So you know, I think you know a lot of people didn't uh, think that uh, Brad would be able to do it, but with his uh, some pitch strategy and other people going in there at the end and the race running a little bit long, I guess it played a little bit into his favor. But going forward, we're now going back to a short track, so um, 
uh, I think I think uh, you know again we haven't run a long enough season for anybody to really get too irritated at one another. Uh, I guess you know you could say Cobbush and Chase Elliott uh, at Tarlington last week, but they seem to have worked their issues out, and I don't think they're going to have a problem with them. So uh, uh, I, I, it'll be a good racer regardless of that. But uh, I, I mean tempers are still going to flare at, at Bristol like they normally do, but. Uh, if somebody's looking for uh, Chase Elliott to dunk Kyle Busch, I, I I don't think I don't see that happening. Well, Kyle Busch uh, this week uh, apparently he he kind of owned up, manned up, if whatever you want to say that 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 clash was all on him that he owned it. So maybe there's not really the the maybe we want maybe we want to see the the Jeff Gordon, uh, Clint Boyer type of a rivalry. Maybe we want to see the Joey Logano type of fights, but I don't, I don't know that we're going to see it between Elliot and Bush. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't think so either. I know a lot of people are hoping that Elliot would go out there and, uh, don't be my first goal. Uh, <laughs> Start throwing the again, haymakers. I just see <laughs> yeah, well, no. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. If anything, he'll go out there and do it like everybody else does and put that chrome horn to the bumper and maybe move him out of the way. But I, I just don't see him going out there and dumping him and trying to get some retribution because I think those two have kind of worked that whole issue out from Darlington. Well, you're certainly uh, uh, a, a fan of uh, Bristol. I know you go there a lot. How weird is it going to be for you to not be there this year? So I I think it's weird in general of you know um I think it's just weird in general. Uh and I know Bristol has had some problems with attendance over the years, so you know, people see kind of Bristol as you know, remember it when it was fully, you know, a hundred thousand people showed at a big Bristol and now you may get half of that or something like that and it still seems very, very empty. Uh, I think it'll just become even more so and just seem like to you, it, it just becomes weirder because the smaller tracks that you go to, you really more can notice it um, just with camera angles that are just unavoidable and things like TV has done a good job on, you know, avoiding the stands to try and, uh, you know, give some, uh, give some, you know, in sense of normalcy uh, without, you know, putting too much, optics on nobody sitting in the stands but a place like Bristol is just totally unavoidable and uh, I think you know where reality has already sunk in a, a lot I think it really just sinks in even more to, to see a, a, a stadium that holds 100,000 people sitting empty except for you know five or six hundred people standing in the center of it uh, on pit road. Yeah, no, I, absolutely, and, and Bristol's one of those uh, tracks that you just love to to watch, and it is kind of it is kind of uh, what well, yeah, it is going to be different without any fans, but yeah, they have what 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 do we attribute to the loss of fans that NASCAR has been seeing over the past few years? I mean, it, I, I don't know that ticket prices is a re- reason because here in Indianapolis. Certainly for general admission, they're they're very very reasonable, like thirty forty five bucks, maybe fifty bucks. I don't know. I, but they're somewhere around there. They're very reasonable per person on a general admission. What do you, what do you think is the, the attribute to the loss of fans with NASCAR across the board? Well, you know, I'll just kind of you know perfect perfect. 
this with the fact that, you know, a lot of sports are down at the same time, and uh, it's just not a uniquely NASCAR problem. But, you know, I've gone to the baseball games since, you know, for 20-plus years, and I can remember going and, you know, just seeing very, very full stands. didn't matter when you went. It was very, very full stands. And, you know, over the years of going to Washington to the Nationals, and I'd see that probably, you know, in fairness, I'll see that pick up again this year because it won the World Series if we get fans in the stands. But, you know, even over the years, I've seen, you know, you know, easier and easier access to better tickets and uh, more tickets of more open seats sitting around me. So with that said, and I'm not saying that it's just a, you know, baseball problem because it's an everywhere problem. I mean, even football, there's stadiums that are sitting, you know, with hardly anybody in it. Now we can debate the facts as to why, but, you know, anyways, um, you know, I think with NASCAR, it's a... Unfortunately, I think it goes back over 20-plus years in which they tried to build too quickly and expand out to to new areas uh, out of the South, um, thinking that moving into places like California and Vegas and Kentucky, uh, not Kentucky, but Kansas, and, uh, you know, you just think of some of the places that they built over the years, and while there was a lot of hype at the beginning, a lot of those people have moved on because the fad has worn off, and while we've retained some of those fans over the years, a large majority of them have moved on to whatever the next thing is. I mean, soccer's seen a, 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 re, a resurgence in America, and you see a lot of those same people that uh, were involved in uh, in auto racing now going over to soccer because it seems to be the next thing that uh, is really building up around America, and stadiums are going up, and new, sta- uh, new uh, teams are being formed, and um, I, I think, you know, then you then you start looking at some of the other compounding issues. Then you start getting into the economics of it all in the, in the mid-2000s of, uh, you know, the economic downturn. So that turned a lot of people away. Um, and then, you know, you also look at uh, – you have to look at uh, – I think you have to arguably look at some of the tracks that we run at. Um, it seems to produce the same kind of racing. So – you go to Chicago, you go to Kentucky, uh, not, you know, Kentucky and Kansas and Texas, and uh, you see the same type of racing. You just see the same people win. You see the the same kind of format kind of play out. Great restarts, uh, five, six, eight, ten laps in, a lot of single file racing, and nobody's uh, passing anybody for the lead, and nobody's really passing anybody in the field. Uh, so I think you know fans kind of see that, and they. They have to just pick and say, well, you know, I used to go to five races a year, but if I'm going to see the racing at the same racing at four out of five, well, I'm going to cut that down to one. And, you know, I think there's a lot of compounding issues, and NASCAR is trying to work on that with the new car that will hopefully do away with some of that uh, aero advantage, dirty air, uh, the wake that these cars run. But at the same time, uh, you know, we're unfortunately because of, the COVID-19, we're kind of stuck with what we have at least for another, uh, you know, year or so because of that. So um, I, I don't know if a new car generally will bring uh, fans back, and I think it's going to be a road ahead that NASCAR is, you know, trying to work on uh, to bring some of those fans back and, uh, you know, reaching out to some of those fans that have stuck around, you know, through all these years and, uh, I think it's going to take a combination effect, but I think it's really been a combination of a lot of different things that we've seen uh, in the late uh, 2000s and 
uh, early 2000s of the re- of a really just boom of NASCAR, and I think some of that can also be attributed to the fact of what Winston did uh, to really support the series, to market the series, to reach out to new fans and bring new fans into the fold. And uh, we've just not had a strong enough uh, a series partner in you know Sprint and Nextel. Uh, they did. A lot of great things while they were here, but they could just never match the marketing power of R.J. Reynolds and, uh, uh, you know, the way that they reached out to fans. So, you know, again, there's an attributing factor in a lot of different things in the space, one necessarily thing over the other. I just think there's just been a lot of compounding buildup over the last 20-plus years that has led us to the path that we are today. And maybe it's a better path that we're on anyways because I don't know even today if we could support, you know, all those fans. Um, I, I think that, you know, we have to right-size this ship too, and NASCAR and, and the teams and tracks and everybody needs to figure out um, what what best works for them. How do we service uh, not only fans that are here today, but the fans that have been with us for a while, but also try and bring some new fans at the same time that uh, it doesn't become so overwhelming and everybody gets a good experience because I don't think anybody wants to sit at Richmond ever again in, in seven hours of traffic to get in and out of the race. Um, so, And I use that as an example because when they sold out over 100, about 108, 110,000 people, uh, you know, seven hours worth of traffic, six, seven hours worth of traffic was the normal to get in and out there. So uh, I think we're all trying to right size this thing to where everybody has a good experience and and, uh, and the track and teams and everybody can service them, um, you know, so that they do have that good experience instead of trying to become too overwhelmed with, well, you know, we need to put 100,000 people at Richmond or we need to put 100,000 people at Bristol or we need a hundred and whatever odd number of thousand people that they have at Texas today uh, in the stands, you know, or seats that are available out there. So I think, uh, you know, it's a right-sizing, and I think we just need to find the right balance between, um, you know, the fans that are there today and find new fans for tomorrow and, and create those stories and create those memories. No, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I very rarely go political on this show, but your governor, and meaning Virginia, I know you live in Virginia, Governor Northam, it's kind of been like one of those – he's been one of those governors in the news that maybe have been a little bit more apprehensive about opening things up. But he did say, hey, Martinsville can go. Other races uh, can go uh, without spectators. That Martinsville race is a huge economic impact to the state of Virginia. Um, but without fans, it, it, does it have the same impact? I think it's sad that, you know, we've we've spent a year marketing this first night race at Martinsville, and the only fans that are going to get to see it are the ones on TV. Um, so I think that's sad. Um, understandably, I, I, I mean – uh, I know that putting 50,000 50, people into Martinsville right now, even today, um, is going to be hard-pressed. And um, hopefully it sees the same prestige, but I think we, you know, we'll start seeing that more so when we can put the fans back in Martinsville. And hopefully 
by next year in the spring of next year when they do get to run the first night race with fans in the stands um people will support it and there'll be a lot of marketing and um build up to that event and um yeah i i you know i'm you know the state has been locked down for long enough and we've uh had to deal with uh, you know continuing to to stay locked down while others are opening back up and maybe this is a step in the right direction. Well, I know Indianapolis is starting to open back up, uh, and I know we talked offline uh, earlier this week about the uh, brickyard that that there may not be fans there, and that's going to suck because I have Florida Georgia Line tickets and. They're not going to let me in, I guess. I don't know. We don't know. We'll see. Have not gotten an official notice from the <laughs> Indianapolis Motor Speedway on that. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, Steve Wilson, uh, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, joins us. Steve, another big thing happening today. The space – I'm a space nerd. I, I, I've talked about this in other segments, but I am a space nerd. So it looks like they've pushed it back to 3 o'clock for the first uh, in a long time, many, many, many years, that there's been a uh, launch, uh, a NASA launch at, with actual astronauts. We've got two astronauts that are going to be uh, making that, that trip to the, to the space station. 3 o'clock today is when it's supposed to happen with a 50% chance of rain. Are you following this at all? I mean, this is, am, I, am I the only nerd left in the world? <laughs> no, I think a lot of people are interested into it. I mean, here in Virginia, we have NASA Langley, who's been testing, um, not the SpaceX, but have been t- testing NASA's own capsule to return uh, man back to the moon and potentially to Mars and beyond. So, you know, we have a lot of invested here in, in the state of Virginia with NASA Langley. Uh, going all the way back to the Apollo program and uh, uh, other programs, the space shuttle and beyond. So, you know, we'll, uh, it, it, it's always interesting when we can finally use our own American-made um, equipment to, to send our people back into space. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I mean, I know it's futuristic, but a lot of people thought it was futuristic back uh, when when uh, John F. Kennedy said we're gonna, there's gonna be a man on the moon. Everybody thought they were gonna be crazy. Maybe our generation is gonna be the generation that says there's gonna be somebody on Mars. Uh, so it it, it, w- it will be interesting, that for sure. So I'm gonna be eyes glued. Hopefully, at, we're got a 50/50 shot right now. They said 50% chance of rain. Uh, and uh, so they had to scratch it from earlier today. But, I, you know, I, I know I'm showing my age here, but I remember as a kid, we were watching the, the Challenger watch at school and then saw the explosion. And they came in real quick and turned off everything because they didn't want us to see it. That was back when uh, people cared about what you saw. But I, that, you know, that just kind of etched in my memory. And I've just been a big uh, space fan. And I said this earlier if you ever get it in, and you live in, Virginia, so you probably, and you've been to Washington before, and D.C., you may have had the chance to go to the Smithsonian Institute, but they've got a um, replica of the Apollo 13 and the Houston launch thing, and you can go through that and kind of go through the entire experience. Have you had a chance to ever do that? Yeah, I've been to the Air and Space Museum that they have up there. 
it's really that neat. Is, and, uh, yeah, it is so cool. And to, to, to kind of go through that whole exhibit and you kind of like when you get to hear all those sounds and, and everything just like it happened then, it kind of makes you feel like you, you were you were there. So pretty cool. Uh, Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest. Where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? Y'all can follow us on Twitter at Speedway Digest, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, buddy. We're good. We're going to get through this. We're going to get some fans back in the stand soon. I promise. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. Care. We'll talk to you. We'll see you. Dave Wilson, Speedway Digest, uh, our official NASCAR contributor, uh, jumping on and talking with us a little bit about uh, NASCAR, bringing it back. MLB, we got to get it back. It's kind of been the topic of the day. Uh, MLB has got to come back. It's just got to happen. They're, they are totally looking like puke on their on their face. And they're going to thank you also to Matthew Embry. We're still at 90 minutes. We, we, we dabbled in the two-hour mark last week, but right now we're still at 90 minutes. So uh, make sure you download the, the podcast and all your favorite downloads. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive, but it ain't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.